tonight we're going to talk about a topic um, that honestly I believe to be the biggest struggle in this youth group. Okay? And I found it to be the most prevalent answer uh, against something, or it'll make more sense to say it, from the survey that we did. <clears throat> this was the one that I looked at the answers and I was like, wow, we really need to discuss this because this is something that these students struggle with. And that's not a bad thing, right, guys? Everyone has struggles. Like just owning up to your struggles is a lot better than pretending like you don't have them. So don't, don't feel bad that I just said that and don't feel bad that if, if we talk about this tonight and you're like, oh my gosh, I struggle with that so bad. Okay, that, that's just part of life. You're going to have struggles. And so hopefully tonight we can discuss this and we can kind of get to the root of where your struggle comes from. And we can also talk about what we can do to better focus ourselves on God instead of on this <clears throat> struggle. And this struggle is relationships. And before you're like, oh no, not a relationship. I'm not talking about like boyfriend, girlfriend relationships. Okay. I'm just talking about relationships in general. Okay. You have a relationship with your mom. You have a relationship with your dad. You have a relationship with your best friend. You have a relationship with your siblings. You have a relationship with your dog. You have a, you have a relationship with everyone, right? Like if you choose to associate with someone, you have a relationship with them. And, and so we're not just talking about romantic relationships tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we, will, we, will, we will discuss that a little bit tonight. Hey, listen, we, we will discuss that a little bit tonight. And we're going to talk about that actually more next week. Hey, guys, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know you guys like to come here to go to the gym and hang out and play games and everything. But, man, I'm sorry. The, the whole gym thing is out of my control. Like, they had to use it sometimes. So, um, I, I would hope that you guys come to church for Jesus and not just for the gym, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> but, anyway. Anyway. So... So tonight we're talking about how we relate to our peers, okay? And obviously the video was on peer pressure, like, but that's an aspect of what we're talking about tonight. I just thought the video was too good not to, not to share. But anyway, uh, so we're talking about how we relate to our peers and, and more specifically how we relate to our peers that maybe aren't living their lives for God in the same way that we are desiring to live our lives for God. <clears throat> and here's the thing, you know, I started to write this lesson and I was literally going to write at the beginning something I feel like I've written at the beginning of every lesson. It comes as no shock to anyone in here, right? I feel like I've said that every week. And I started to think that if we're all sitting here and we're not shocked by these different things that we're talking about week to week, and some of these things that we've talked about, I hope you guys are sitting here going, yeah, what Brian's saying is true. You know, why are we doing anything about these things that we're shocked by? Why do we allow it to just be the norm? Why do we allow these struggles to be just part of our lives and we just accept them? So, so what I'm wanting is tonight, 
Let's do something different, okay? We'll start by listening. That would be great, okay? Like, I, I'm not, I'm just kidding you guys. Like, <clears throat> but realistically, I want everyone in here right now, and I know we all come in here, you guys have been at school, and you, you guys have done a lot of different things, and you've got other things on your mind and everything, but I want whatever is on your mind right now, whatever is distracting you from hearing what I'm going to talk about tonight, I'm just going to give you guys like 10 seconds, just like if you need to close your eyes, take breath and like, just let it all go. But just clear your mind of anything. Here's the thing. If you're stressed about something, you can't do anything about it while you're sitting in this room. Okay. Worrying about it's not going to accomplish anything. So let's just take like 10 seconds to just clear our minds and get into a space where we can hear from God's word tonight. So what I'm hoping tonight is that you guys will really lock in and and hear me out and listen to what I'm going to be saying to you guys, because this is not, this is not something that's easy to talk about. And it's not something that's easy to try to get away from in your life. And, And I've talked with students before where I have this conversation with them and they're like, well, I don't want to give up my relationships. I want to continue to do these things and like whatever, you know. And so it's a hard thing to have this conversation. And so I want you guys to hear me out. I want you to understand that I'm coming from a place where I genuinely care about you. And I want what's best for you. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I, I can't stress this enough. Like, obviously, every Wednesday night we come in here, I want you guys to listen to what I have to say. Otherwise, I wouldn't get up here. But tonight, especially given some of the, the survey answers, and we'll go over those in a second... But I really want you guys to kind of just like really focus and lock in with what I'm saying. But it's obvious to everyone in here that as humans, we have a natural instinct to want to be liked by other humans. And we could sit here and we could go, nope, don't care. Okay, let's be real for a second. Like you can put on that face and say that all day long. But on some level, we all care what other people think about us. We all care about whether other people like us or not. And, you know, with this comes a desire to be liked by your peers and to fit in with them. And what's crazy is most of us probably wouldn't even consider or characterize wanting to fit in with your peers as a bad thing. You know, you could be like, well, I've got a good group of friends and I want to fit in with them. What's so bad about that? And we'll talk about that, but we wouldn't character our, our society doesn't characterize this idea of trying to fit in as a bad thing. And in fact, while I was doing some research on this, I came across an article from like some psychology magazine or something. And the headline was basically like why you should want to have a desire to fit in. And I was like, what? that's so weird. Like, I, you know, I grew up with people always saying, you know, be your own person. Don't care what other people think. I'm like, and now we've come to this point in society where we're like literally saying we want to have a desire to fit in. And the, the article went on to say that humans should have a desire to be liked because it causes us to behave with social and cultural norms. Right. If we don't have this desire to fit in on a basic level, then we're weird. Right. Like and we don't care about what other people think and we won't fit in to these cultural norms and behaviors. And, and, you know, 
like I said, I remember growing up, my parents, youth pastors, other adult leaders that I was around always saying, you know, like, hey, don't care what other people think. Be your own person, like blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, I always was like, yeah, that's what I should do. But, man, I, I, I can say that all I want. And as a teen, I could say that all I wanted. But it didn't change the fact that whenever I walked into my high school and some, some kids started treating me differently because I wasn't the same as them or like – Man, I'll, I'll just be honest, and I've told you guys this a bunch of times. I was like that weird, like, limbo kid where, no, I can't actually do the limbo, but I'm talking like I'm in the between where, like, the band nerds hated me because I was a jock, and the jocks hated me because I was a band nerd. Like, it was like this really weird paradox that I was caught between because I didn't fit in with any of the groups that I was a part of. And so realistically, I could, I could go to church, I could go to youth camps, D-Nows, whatever, and, and have youth pastors and adults tell me, hey, just do what God wants you to do and don't worry about what other people think. But as soon as I walk back into band first hour and they're like, oh, there's Brian, you know, he's not like us, he's a jock. And I'm like, I just want to be like you guys, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll act one way in band so that I fit in with the band kids. And then seventh hour, whenever I go to basketball practice, I act a totally different way because they're all sitting there going, oh my gosh, there's Brian. What a nerd, you know, like, and, and so like literally who I was would change throughout the course of the day, depending on who I was around. And so it wasn't until, it wasn't until I got into college that I really started to kind of find my identity in who I was, not only as a person, but as a follower of Jesus. And, and you know, it, <clears throat> it just kind of, and I've told you guys this before, and no, none of you believe me, but I was pretty shy in high school. Like, I would, go to, I would go to youth group, and I'd be the kid that would, like, sit in the corner and not want anyone to come talk to me because I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want you to come talk to me. Like, then I have to be normal. Um, <clears throat> but whenever I got into college, man, I completely changed because I was just like, man, Forget what anyone else thinks. I'm going to be who I am, who God's made me to be. And that's the best that I can do. And it completely changed the way. And I became like this super over the top, like extrovert that you see today. And, uh, and you know, it's just, it's amazing how realistically grasping onto something like that can change someone so much. But, you know, and I look at this and I wonder why do we care so much about what people think? And genuinely, because I think that it's changed in the years since I was in high school. But I want you guys to give me some feedback for just a second. Why do, why do you guys think that people care? Maybe this is why you do. You can share that. You don't have to share that. That's why I do. But why do you think that people care so much, so much about what others think of them? Why, why do people care what other people think about them? They don't want a bad reputation. They want friends, okay? Base level. Don't. There's this identity that you create, and then it's the upkeep maintenance of that identity. Like putting on who they see you to be. Like putting on a mask. Yeah. Okay. Someone said something. They don't want to be bullied? Yeah, for sure. It's a self defense mechanism. Yeah. I mean, has anyone, like, genuinely, this was me, so, like, don't be ashamed to raise your hand if this was you, but is there anyone who, like, still, like, I don't want to say hangs out with the same friends because that, that's, like, a little sensitive, but, like, that does the same things that they did when they were younger, even though they've changed a lot, just because that's what people think that they do, you know, like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, like, that you're like, oh, 
he's the kid that always plays with Barbies. You know, like, <laughs> like I didn't mean to. I, hey, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. No, but, uh, <laughs> no, but realistically, no, like, is there something that maybe when you were younger, like, people identified with you with that thing? And so even as you got older and you changed, you still had a, you still did that because people expected you to do that. Like, and, and so, you know, whenever I think of why, why do people care about what other people think? I think you guys nailed it on the head. We, we care, we care so much about fitting in because realistically it's, it's a difficult road. It's an awkward road and it's an uncomfortable road if you don't fit in. <clears throat> and, and literally as I was typing this, I was like the phrase fit in and it made me think of like, I used to drive a little car and then whenever I was in, just after college, I got an SUV that was still a small SUV and I would always try to fit more stuff in it than it could hold. You know, like, I, and if you've ever had a smaller car, you probably understand this. You're like, I really need to get this mattress to somewhere. So I'm going to shove it in the back seat of like my two door sports car, like kind of thing. Okay. So, so realistically, whenever I was typing this, I was like, it's awkward to not fit in. And I was picturing someone trying to shove like a mattress in a tiny car. And I was like, how awkward and uncomfortable. Like that's literally what it's like if you don't fit in society. That's what it feels like, right? You're that mattress that's like folded like this and shoved in the back seat, right? You just walk around like this all day. But, but anyway, like realistically, we don't want to live our lives this way because it changes who we are and the way we behave, right? We, we feel like we have to not be who we really are and we have to be who people want us to be or who people expect us to be in an effort to fit in rather than stand out. And, and again, I want to just like, I'm being very serious right now. I want to thank you guys for the, your honesty that you had when you filled out that survey because I could tell from reading it that for the most part, Everyone filled it out very honestly because there were answers. I was like, wow, I can't believe that. I was like, that's so awesome that people are willing to admit that because most of the time people are like, no, I don't struggle with that. Like even if, even if people don't know who's writing it, but you guys, I could tell were very honest and it revealed to me through this. And I'll share these numbers in just a second that a, that this principle of caring about what other people think is a major, major idol for a lot of you guys in this room. And I'm not saying that that makes you bad people, but I think it's a major idol for your entire generation, honestly. And really, more overbroad, it's a human problem, right? It was a problem with my generation. I'm sure if my generation took that same survey, a lot of them would have answered the same way. And, and I called this lesson relationships because let's face it, if you're in a relationship with someone, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship or whatever, you greatly care about what they think and keeping them happy so that you don't lose them, right? If you have a friend that you really care about and you start to like go down different paths, like you start to like different things, like sometimes you will do what they want because you just want to maintain that friendship, right? And sometimes maybe they'll do what you want, even though they don't like it because they want to maintain that friendship. And so we do like, we struggle with this idea of relationships because maintaining relationships becomes this idol for us that we focus more on how we can maintain our image and maintain this relationship with people and society 
then we do care about how we can maintain our relationship with God. And so the two questions on the survey that really talked about this idea were, the first one was, would you do something that was wrong if your friends were doing it? This is the classic, like, if, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off too? And I'd always smart back. I'd always be like, well, it depends on how much water's under the bridge. But, but so here were your answers to that one. Would you do something wrong if your friends were doing it? Okay, six of you said yes. Just no, doesn't matter what it is. If my friends are doing it, I'm doing it kind of thing. Okay, eight said no, and seven said not sure. And so the not sure is, I think the, this was an early question in the survey, so I think you were like, I really don't feel like I can say yes to this. Or it was either, it depends on how bad it is. Okay, like I think that was probably where that fit in. And so realistically, like if you put a not sure, I'm going to go ahead and give you a partial yes because of the fact that that means that there's a certain level of things that are wrong that you would do if your friends were doing it. Okay, like if you put not sure. So, so six, eight, and seven, but realistically, it's pretty even, right? Like it's pretty even across the board. So, so you can see right there, that was, that was eye-opening enough. But then we hit the second question. And again, I think you guys were loosening up a little more in the survey when we hit this one. Said, so do you care more about what your friends think than what God thinks of you? Okay, do you care more about what your friends think of you than what God thinks of you? Eleven said yes, that you care more about what your friends think than God. Seven said no, and three said not sure. And so, if you look, the no's were seven and eight. So it was basically the same people who probably put no on both of that. But the other, what is that, 14? Those numbers don't add up. Oh, oh yeah, 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 they do. Uh, the other 14 of you... To some degree, and, and again, this does not make you a bad person. So if you put yes or not sure, I'm not criticizing you right now. But to some degree, struggle with this idea of relationships as an idol. And so tonight, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to sit up here and tell you completely disregard what any human thinks of you only what got like I'm not going to sit up here and try to make some grand statement that you probably haven't thought of before. But I am going to tell you that our job as Christians and people who follow God and have a desire to please God, we should strive and we should work with every ounce of who we are to get to a point that we care more about what God thinks of us than what other people think of us. And, and if you're not there tonight, that's okay. You guys are still young. You guys are still learning. You guys are still growing spiritually. Like, that's okay. But we have to be people who have a desire to reach that point. The bigger issue is if you're sitting here tonight and you're like, I care more about what other people think than God, and I'm not going to let that change. That's a bigger problem. And, and guys, I get it. This is not an easy thing to talk about. I already addressed that. But this is not an easy thing to ask of you guys. Is to surrender your... I don't want to say popularity. I'm trying to stay away from that word tonight. Because there's so many levels of that. And even popular people will be like, I'm not popular. I'm like, really? <laughs> um, <clears throat> but anyway, like... It... 
if, if you are so, like, I understand that this is a tough thing to ask of you guys, especially if you struggle with it, right? If you struggle with it, you sure don't want to change, right? And I showed you guys this super, super cringy video, right? Like, that was horrible, okay? <laughs> literally, literally, I feel like I have made at least 10 of those in my youth ministry life as a student, not to mention the ones I've made as a youth pastor, but we're not going to go to that. <clears throat> yeah, do, do you guys remember the video of me doing that? Like, yeah, okay. We're not going to we're not going to do that. Okay. <clears throat> but and realistically, realistically like the joke like like they kept saying say no to peer pressure and I did anyone get the reference about you ain't cool unless you pee your pants? Okay, they said that and I was like, man, that is a dated reference. That's from the movie Billy Madison, but that's beside the point. Okay. Um it was popular back in the 90s. But uh, anyway, anyway, but peer pressure, you know, we, we made a joke and like that movie was a joke and they were like talking about saying no to peer pressure and anything. But realistically, guys, and, and you know this, this is not groundbreaking information. Peer pressure is a very real thing and it greatly shapes our actions about not just what decision you make today, but it shapes decisions about who you are going to become or it shapes about who you are today and who you will become. And, and I think that the reason that this is such a powerful thing is peer pressure usually results in split second decisions that have life altering impact. And I want you to think about like when, when a friend of yours asks you a question and you feel like, like – I watched it. I told you, I do a lot of research, but I found this one video of this motivational speaker and he was talking about like, if your friend and he had the, he had two friends, two guys standing up here and he's like, if your friend walks into a party and one says, Hey, you want a beer? And then he says, you just, you have to answer, right? You can't just like shake his hand and he asks you that. And then you're just like, Hmm. And just, and he sat there and held his hand and it was like super awkward, but like, we have to make decisions in a split second, right? And like, it's easy to just be like, well, I would say no to that, right? But in the moment when you're with your friends and you look around and everyone else is doing it, like, what do you say? And these split second decisions, I mean, this, these things you have to just decide in an instant can, can greatly shape who you are who you become, and it can shape the ministry that you have in your own personal life. We talk about how each of you have a personal ministry to the people that you have relationships with, and it can greatly be impacted by these, by these second split-second decisions. And so we really need to understand how peer pressure works to be able to fight against it. And, and realistically, and this was what the game was about, okay? Peer pressure comes in lots of different forms, okay? Like most, it can be direct or indirect and spoken and unspoken, right? And, and so like most of the time and what we see like in movies and what we think when we talk about peer pressure, you're thinking about like a direct and spoken peer pressure. Like, do you want a drink, you know, or do you want to do this? Like you think of someone asking you and in the movies, they always play it out as that. But realistically, and I think you guys can understand where I'm coming from, most peer pressure well, realistically, unspoken and indirect peer pressure are more powerful and actually probably more common, right? It's when you maybe see something on TV or you hear a story of one of your friends who had 
a certain life experience and you think, man, I should have that life experience. I'm older than them. Or, or maybe you see something on TV, like I said, and, and you're like, well, that, that kid's not my age and he's doing these things. I should be doing these things. And so you get in your head and you start thinking like, am I not good enough because I'm different? Like I'm not doing these things or I'm not like this person. And so most of most peer pressure is not like, like rarely. And I'm trying to think back of high school. I don't think that there was a whole lot of like just verbal people asking me to do things I didn't want to do kind of peer pressure. It was all like I was in a situation and other people were doing something and I felt like I needed to join and no one even asked me to. You guys understand what I'm talking about right here. And so this, this unspoken, indirect type of peer pressure is realistically probably more common and it's more powerful because it's in your mind, right? It gets in your head and you can't get it out. You can't think about something else because you're so focused on what you think you should be doing. Or what you think other people expect you to do. And we start to psych ourselves out. And then once we start psyching ourselves out, who we are as a person and the decisions that we would make if we are in our right mind go completely out the window. Because we are so mentally just changed by this indirect, unspoken peer pressure. And far too often we make decisions actions and mistakes that tear us away from God and and will for a good portion or possibly the rest of your life because of a decision you made when you were totally not who you actually are. And guys, there's <laughs> there are a lot a lot of hard parts of youth ministry. And if you ever want to sit down with me and be really bummed out for a while, I can tell you a lot of the hard parts of youth ministry. But I don't think there's anything more heartbreaking than seeing a student that you love and a student you care about and you want the best for them. To, to see a student that you have spent years of your life pouring into them and discipling them. Only to see themselves make some bad decisions and lead a life down a path of destruction. Guys, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a student that graduates high school and goes off to college and completely throws their life away doing who knows what in college. And it's like, man, I just spent years of my life investing into you and trying to make you a better person. To make you someone who cares what God wants from them. And to follow God's plan for their life and just to see them throw it all away. There is nothing more like belittling and heartbreaking and, and just like it makes me want to like stop doing ministry. Like honestly, it's like, man, what's, what's the point? If I'm going to pour my lives into these students and they're just going to throw it all away, what's the point of what I'm doing? It's, it's super, super discouraging. And all this happens because they choose the opinions of other people over the opinion of God. And, and, and I don't care how popular, how cool, how well off, how whatever people are that you're trying to impress. But we have to be people who strive to please God and God alone with our lives. 
And I, and I really hope, I, I keep saying this, but I mean it so much. I really hope you guys are hearing me tonight and listening to where I'm coming from when I say this. Because this is not something that needs to fall on deaf ears tonight. God has a great and grand plan for each and every one of your lives. And, and when you choose your friendships and your relationships over God, you're, you're saying, one, that God's plan isn't good enough for you, and two, you're tearing down and breaking apart this plan that God has put in place especially for you. Now, this doesn't mean that it can't be rebuilt. Like, I mean, you can make a lot of bad decisions, and I have a lot of friends who went to college and made a ton of bad decisions and got out of college and were like, what did I do? And they turned their lives around. But let me tell you this right now from, from talking with those people and, and going through life with those people. The rebuild is way harder than maintaining it. Right? Like rebuilding something is a lot harder than just trying to maintain it. And guys, peer pressure is not a new concept. Jesus dealt with it. The disciples dealt with it. And so we come to the big question of the night. Like we can sit here and we can talk about peer pressure all night long. Like we could have this conversation and everyone's sitting here like, oh my gosh, I feel like such a horrible person now because I've given into peer pressure once in my life. Like, but we can sit here and we could have this conversation all night long, but it's not until we look at this question of what does the Bible say about peer pressure? Or what does the Bible say to do about peer pressure? And, and I've told you guys many times that one of my favorite passages in scripture is Romans 12. And I'm going to read you guys Romans 12, 1 and 2 tonight. Because I think that the first two verses of this chapter speak very greatly to what we're talking about tonight. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And we... we Giving your life in service to God and doing the things that God has called you to do is, is literally, scripturally, the most sincere form of spiritual worship that we can offer God. We can sit here and we can sing songs to him all day. We can pray to him. We can read our Bible all the time. But living our life in the way that God has called us to live is the best form of worship that we can give to God. And it goes to tell us... It goes on to tell us how we can fight this temptation. And it says by renewing of your mind. And guys, I don't think you understand what renewing of your mind means. Like we just think like, oh, like I think differently or something. No, it's talking about literally getting rid of the garbage that's in your mind and replacing it with things of God. And so these spiritual disciplines we talk about all the time, like reading your Bible, coming to church, praying to God. These things, like they're not just things we do because that's what Christians do. They're things that we do because it's designed to renew our mind so that we can be people who say no to this garbage. <clears throat> and if you're doing those things, you're engaging in your relationship with God more than you're engaging in your relationship with other people. And so slowly over time, you're engaging in your relationship with God more than you're engaging in your relationship with people. And when that starts to happen, you start caring more about what God thinks of you because you're spending more time in that relationship than you care about what people think of you because you're not spending as much time in those relationships. And I realize that this seems like unrealistic that I'm going to spend more time with God than I spend with my friends. Like, oh my gosh, that just sounds stupid. 
But realistically, like that's what God desires for us to do. He desires for us to be people who spend time in his word so that our minds are renewed and we focus more on what God thinks and what God cares about and desires for us than what our friends do. Because guess what? God cares about you 100% of the time and he loves you. Your friends don't always care about what's best for you. Yeah, they, they might sometimes, but they don't always care what's best for you. And, and, and the last part it says is you do all this so that you can test and know God's will for your life. Man, I, I can't stand, uh, if you've ever done this, don't be mad at, that I just said that. But I can't stand when students come up to me and go, I don't know God's will for my life. Can you show me what it is? I'm like, read your Bible. Like literally the Bible says if you read the Bible, you'll know God's will for your life. It's not a hard concept. And... <laughs> And this isn't the only time that Paul discusses this idea of, of caring more about what God thinks than other people in the Bible. In Galatians 1.10, he says, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. He literally says right there, If you are so consumed with trying to please other people, you can't be a servant of God. You can't do them simultaneously. And then he says again in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, he says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And I use this example all the time. I think I've even used it in here. But if you have someone standing up on the, on the, on the stage and someone standing down, it's a lot easier to pull someone down off the stage than it is to pull someone up onto the stage, Right? Like if you hang out with people, you start to want to be like them and bad company ruins good morals. You could be the best church kid ever, but if you start hanging out with the wrong people, it can really mess you up. And lastly, even Jesus discussed this topic. I told you guys that he, he went through a lot of the same things that we struggle with. And it's, it's not a surprise that Jesus discussed this topic. In Matthew 16, 24, he says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with the angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Jesus literally tells us to deny ourselves and deny the, uh, the things that we desire, and that includes to fit in, right? We just literally talked about how every human has a desire to fit in, and Jesus tells us to deny that, deny ourselves. We need to take up our cross and follow him. <clears throat> and I think it's interesting, at this point, Jesus had not died on the cross, so his disciples were probably like, whoa, Jesus, why are you bringing up a cross? Like, that's a pretty extreme thing. But we look at it now and it makes perfect sense why he would say that. And these aren't just cool inspirational quotes from Jesus. We don't just like make a Jesus poster and have like the, the citation there like, whoa, Jesus said, deny yourself. Like, this is how he's called us to live our life. 
Like it's, it's one thing. There's a reason that many Bibles write Jesus' word in red letters. It's because they, they, they just almost feel like they mean a little bit more. Because it's coming directly from God himself. Like it's one thing. We, we've talked about the Bible being written by men. And how it's still authored by God. But written by men. But in those moments, it's literally God talking. It's literally Jesus saying those words. And if we want our life to mirror and follow God's plan that we have for him. Man, we have to do the things that God tells us to do. And that includes denying ourselves and following him. And so I know many of you are sitting here struggling with this idol of relationships and caring about what other people think in your image. And sadly, and this is just reality. I told you it's a heartbreaking part of youth ministry, but it's just a reality. Most of you will leave here tonight and nothing will change. I will have stood up here for a little over 30 minutes and I will have talked to you. You will have heard me. You will go home and nothing will change. But that's not an excuse for you to the the fact that other people might do that is not an excuse for you to not change your mindset. Realizing that you only live to please one person and that is Jesus. Guys, that is a very freeing feeling. I told you how that radically changed my life when I finally grasped onto that. And I wasn't, I was older than you guys. So I'm sitting here trying to impart my wisdom of like, hey, I realized this. If you can grasp it now, if you can start working on getting to a place where you can grasp that now, you can free yourself from this burden of caring what other people think. And, and, and I want you to know that I'm here and I've been through this and I've struggled through this idea of caring what other people think. And, and I want to be here to encourage you and to, to be someone you can talk to about this. And we have other adults in here that would be happy to have those same conversations because guess what? They were teenagers at one time and they struggled with the same things. Or, or, or maybe you're sitting here tonight and, and you're like, man, this has just really opened my eyes to some changes that I need to make in my social life. Maybe you need to end some toxic friendships. And that's not easy. None of this is going to be easy. But maybe you have to end some friendships you've had for a long time. Because they're just not good for who you are and who you're becoming. Or, or maybe you think that mistakes that you've made set a precedent. We talked about like if you did something when you were younger. That you feel like you still have to do it now. right? Maybe you've made some mistakes. Maybe even not that long ago, and you feel like you have to continue to do these things because people expect it of you now. Man, God's bigger than all these struggles, and God's bigger and greater and can forgive anything. So don't ever feel like you're trapped in this cycle of needing to please people. Cast these cares on God and trust in Him to take care of them because remember that God always cares about what's best for you. And you can't say that about people. You can't say that about people. God always cares about what's best for you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your love and your care that you pour out on us. And I pray that you would help us to just embrace that, to see that, and to understand that pleasing you is the only goal in this life. God, I know that many in here are struggling with this idea of of focusing on what other people think of them. 
But I pray that you would just help them to cast that aside, to, to focus on you and your word, that, that when they leave here, it wouldn't just be another time where they came to church and they left and nothing changed, but that tonight there would be radical changes in the lives of these students here tonight, that they would become people who are devoted to serving you and following you no matter what social implications that has. God, we love you and we praise you for who you are and what you've done. Pray that you would give us a boldness to go out and to share your gospel with our friends and with this world, God. We pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.